Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to another Top 10 Debate. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to talk about WWE wrestlers dreaming of AEW. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts where we review Raw, SmackDown, NXT 2.0, oh! AEW Dynamite, AEW Rampage, pay-per-views, we have interviews, more roundtable discussions like this one, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to discuss his article, which you can read right now at whatculture.com. 10 WWE wrestlers already dreaming of AEW. I can probably guess, but what was the catalyst behind this list, Sige? Well, the Kevin Owens news uh, incited this list, but generally, loads of them want to go, so it's easy content. <laughs> Let's start then with Kevin Owens, because he is a sort of case study, I suppose, in... in what this list, like you say, personifies. He changed his Twitter bio. He's always going to be, you know, linked alongside Sami Zayn, who we'll get on to with jumping to this promotion and becoming Kevin Steen, I suppose. But it does appear, and this is you know, not necessarily his fault, but it does appear like mentally he may have slightly checked out within WWE and they're not exactly giving him the biggest storylines to get his teeth into recently, feuding with Madcap Mars and Happy Corbin, and then this week being like, well, welcome back to Raw. You can stun one of the 24-7 goobers. I mean, he wants to go. We should point out, for fairness sake, that a Twitter user recently said, Kevin Owens looks more and more miserable every time he goes out there. Someone cool tweeted that, saying... If you apply a narrative to something, you will find it everywhere you look. It's the Bader-Meinhof complex or theory or whatever the hell it's called. Kevin Owens whacked a like on that as if to indicate, yeah, come on, guys, like you're making things up about me or something along those lines. But said narrative was started by Kevin Owens, <laughs> whether he was joking around or playing the sheets or whatever, because when the news broke that his contract is set to expire in, I believe, January 2022, mm -hmm. he famously, infamously, whatever, uh, tweeted the coordinates to Mount Rushmore, which was, of course, the pro wrestling guerrilla stable in which he was a part alongside the Bucks and Adam Cole. And he set his location to nearly there. And in cheeky collaboration, the Young Bucks, as if it needed confirming what he was talking <laughs> about, tweeted there. 
So this narrative that Kevin Owens has suggested on Twitter that he's starting to resent or doesn't believe is real was, in fact, started by <laughs> Kevin Owens. Now... Where's all this rumour come from? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, me. So it's one of those where it's like, well, now that I think he wants to leave, I'm going to read all the clues. And written on his face is a big clue. I don't want to be here anymore. He's never been the most amped up guy when he makes his way to the ring. He's cycles through a lot of modes does Kevin Owens and too many because he doesn't really have a character anymore and nor does he have any integrity as a character he's been the chicken heel he's been like the anti-American heel um he's quite low-key and subtle by WWE standards in his body language and expressions where he plays it quite cold and passive-aggressive when he's a heel um, all of which informs his outbursts as they feel a lot scarier because, you know, he's built to something. As a baby face, he doesn't come out and slap the hands. He wears a game face, if you like. Um, he's a serious guy. So maybe it's easy to read into his face, oh, he looks bored and disinterested, etc. when in fact he's just playing the role of, as he likes to call it, a competitor, a prize fighter. But, I mean, how he, he looks bored. Mm. He looks bored as all hell, and there was a promo he cut backstage on SmackDown a couple of weeks ago. I remember this. He's awesome at promos. He's, like, legendary in modern tones for being incredible he, at promos. I've mentioned this before. When he turned up on Monday Night Raw, I hadn't watched a second of NXT, and they were doing the Open Challenge, and he came out with the NXT Championship, and yes, he beat up John Cena, which caught my attention, but it was what he said beforehand, and the way he verbally jousted Cena, and I was like, well, I don't know anything about this guy, but I care about him now. And I always think he's far better as a heel, but the, the, the point remains what you're about to make. Yeah, indeed. So he's cutting a promo on Happy Corbin, and he hasn't got the most fluent of deliveries. He will, I want to say, dither or stammer or whatever, but he takes a while sometimes to get his words out, much like me. <laughs> He was all over the place, and not in that sort of naturalistic, distinct way of his. It was as if, and again, I'm possibly projecting a narrative onto this because I know Bader Meinhof. He was cutting this promo as if he'd spent the entire day dreading going to work, daydreaming about the workplace he wants to go to. <laughs> Joe Moxley, sorry. Yeah, and just picked up this copy at the last second and thought, you know what, I'm a goddamn pro. I've been doing this for years. I was better at it before I had to do the full reciting. And it just felt like he'd literally picked up the bit of paper five minutes beforehand because he couldn't be asked and he <laughs> dreaded the prospect of doing it. He can't be happy. No. He can't be fulfilled. He has to look at Adam Cole, who's one of his closest real-life friends, and thinking, well, I have to go there. Like, if there's a shred of professional ambition left in Kevin Owens. And I firmly believe there is because look at what he puts himself through willingly to try and get over jumped as a professional off, wrestler. Jumped off the WrestleMania sign when there was no one there. He's jumped off the WrestleMania sign. He's uh, even at the Royal Rumble this year. He was taking wild balcony, like effective balcony dives. Him and Zayn loved, we'll talk about Zayn in a second, but him and Zayn loved taking that bump on the side bit of a ladder which has, yeah. I'm not saying that the rest of the ladder's got nice and squidgy, but there is no give on that. And they do it half the time they're in any sort of money in the bank match. And you're like, eh, just do a big one big spot and you're all right. Yeah, he's totally physically committed. I just 
mentally, I yeah. just don't I think, think he's fair. there. And I just, this following take will apply to a lot of the wrestlers in this list. Um, before we close on Owens and move on, like I wrote in the intro to this article, which again, you can read at whatculture.com slash WWE, that not everyone wants to go. People who've got big ambitions and who want to tell great stories, like a Roman Reigns, who's said both of those things. He clearly wants to stay. He loves being the head of the table. He's living the gimmick. Half of the reason why it resonates so well is because he's so convincing with it. He's a lifer. Randy Orton, God damn it, he takes us very literally. He's a lifer as well. Happy Corbin. I'd love the idea of Baron Corbin in AEW. You know. That Jerry Lawler 1997, ECW, Matt Cardona, GCW energy, like an interloper of Corbin, because he's buried them on Twitter in yeah. the past. He's very much within the WWE mold. He's a quintessentially WWE guy, but that's bad because he's just tall and boring. It's like, oh, yeah, of course you're a WWE guy. Look <laughs> how boring you are. He won't want to go. Even AJ Styles, I think he's set in WWE. Mm -hmm. They've nailed his character. He seems to like the goofy sense of humor. He can get it over in spite of itself. But uh, Kevin Owens slash Steen must look on at AEW and see the books. Adam Cole people he's worked with in the past, people he's still close with and just think, ah, oh, that's so much better than what I'm doing. Because he's got taste. Yeah, exactly. And you know, this is no slight on anyone we're going to mention on this list saying that they need to get out of WWE. Oh, he needs to, to get out. But what, I'm, what I mean by that is, even if he's sat there going, you know what, I'm all right here. I'm more than happy collecting my paycheck and like you say, reading from these bits of paper. And he isn't, let's say he isn't bothered by, you know, seeing Adam Cole doing what he's doing or Brian Danielson or whatever. I'm not saying he's bitter. He'll probably be happy for them. He's just yearning to join them. He must see the occasional tweet or fancy booking. And we talk about it in the office all the time of, imagine if Kevin Steen, and we're not just saying that because he can't use Kevin Owens in, in AEW. Imagine if that version of Kevin Steen showed up and really opened fans' eyes, maybe for the first time in a, in a while, as to what he can really do when he's a, Vicious bastard, basically. He's a smart, intelligent bloke with great taste, self-awareness. I mean, he was... The way I put it is, like, he'll have nostalgia for the indie scene, and he will have a look at AEW and think, well, you've adapted the spirit somehow of the independent scene in this billionaire-funded, nationally-televised platform. I just think it's an, I think it's effectively a done deal. Yeah. You, now, you can't talk about Kevin Owens without also talking about Sami Zayn. I've got mixed emotions about this because I completely agree with you that he's probably dreaming of going to AW and whatever version of Sami Zayn, I don't think it will be El Generico, but, you know, whatever version of non-WWE Sami Zayn shows up, he will be getting far more of the, the right side of things than he is right now. But there is also one bit of me that's like, and this will be another entry on this list that I'll talk about, that I was like, Finally getting it, and I don't know why this optimistic part of my brain keeps doing this. Hey, it's better better than me. But you know, there's 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 always hope for someone like Sami Zayn. He's always someone in and around the conversation for me of like money in the bank winner because he's got such potential and he's so good at character work. Um, they've got this storyline going on at the moment. He was literally the last draft pick in night two of the WWE draft. I do hope they sort of lean on that in SmackDown uh, storylines going forward, but. His situation is slightly different from Owens's in terms of contract because I believe they did that whole thing where he's if he's when he was off for a while then that lengthened the time until he was until his departure. But whether or not, I mean, if he does, it's almost a, like you say a done deal as well. Whether or not Owens goes to AEW, 
you've got to feel that Sami Zayn will head there as well eventually. It feels the perfect platform for him. It does, it does. This one's a little bit more nuanced. What I've tried to do with this list is I've tried to find some kind of tease, hint, or gripe where someone like, we might get a ricochet, who's dropped a stealth like on a prominent Twitter account burying WWE creative. And if a top WWE star has put stealth like on there, passive aggressive, pissed off at the state of things, and thought, fucking, I like that. <laughs> so that meets the brief because they're dreaming of going to AEW. Um, someone like Lindsay Dorado just outwardly buries it. <laughs> no stealth likes, just takes a piss out of it on Twitter. Um, certain wrestlers on this list have given interviews that kind of almost double as feelers. Uh, some kind of tangible evidence that they are in fact dreaming of AEW. I've seen nothing like that from Sami Zayn. In fact, quite the opposite. Sami Zayn was on um, oral sessions with Renee Paquette and he was saying, look, I don't want to, you know, to contradict your husband. Uh, everyone heard the podcast. I did too. I was there. I understand he had his um, creativity stifled. I actually get a shocking amount through of my ideas, and I'm somewhat satisfied by the process. I think I'm paraphrasing that last bit, but the word shocking amount of creative mm-hmm, input mm-hmm. is uh, the direct quote from this podcast. But at the same time, like Sami Zayn, he's great at playing a heel, but he was one of the best babyfaces of the 21st century under the mask of El Generico. And if you look at the sheer range of incredible babyface performers, like it's mad to think about it now, but for years, modern American babyfaces just no longer existed. There were cool heels. Mm-hmm. Um, people, WWE fans, when they still really, really cared, like projected babyface turns on wrestlers that were heels because they connected with the heels more. And yet, in AEW, one of the many reasons, but one of the most significant reasons why people have connected with this product, like Orange Cassidy is like an aloof slacker that you think in these anxious times, oh, love to be like that. I'd love to style things like that. How cool is that guy? Hangman Page is us because he's anxi- uh, he's got loads of anxieties about this fractured, broken world and how self-doubt plagues us all, etc., etc. John Moxley is simply a John Carpenter badass. Um, there's like Eddie Kingston is this New York Street tough poet. Like Sammy Guevara, Jungle Boy, Darby Allen, all these incredibly exciting, youthful, explosive talent. Like, there's loads of different kinds of baby faces, but loads of them. Surely El Generico's ability to project emotion and sympathy and fire is a baby face. He's looking at AEW and thinking, God, that's what I'm best at, and that's where I could be the best. Um, one more slight bit of evidence that I think must mean that Zayn's dreaming of AEW is that he is regarded by his peers, and indeed at one point Vince McMahon, as a perfectionist, mm-hmm. which is a s- euphemism or being like really, really annoying. Like every detail has to be just right. Every one of his ideas must be put through. Like I like to think in my cynical head that he gets a shocking amount of ideas through because he's constantly, constantly pestering people. There was, I can't remember who was involved. I think Roman Reigns is one of them, but it was Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn, and someone going to have a random six-man tag on Raw. And ahead of the match, Sami Zayn was going to both of them, we should do this, the strategy should be this, I should be in at this time of the ring, and you should be in at that time, and I think it was Roman Reigns, or someone else, 
and someone else. They were looking at each other when Sami Zayn was doing this rant about strategy, like, get a load of this geek. And that was a rib because everyone found Sami Zayn and his pursuit of perfection incredibly annoying. Even Kevin Owens has come out and said, oh, yeah, well, that's true. He's the most annoying person I've <laughs> ever met. He will not shut up about laying out matches and ideas. And sometimes I have to leave him on red when we're setting things up because he's just unbearable trying to get these things across to you. AEW and Tony Khan will welcome that perfectionism mm-hmm. because they allow their performance to be expressive and creative. Not control, but freedom and expression are two distinct things. So Sami Zayn's got to be looking at how people are getting over using their own skills and concepts and ideas, like Darby Allen's short films. Like Tony Khan has come out and said, I don't touch half of his creative. I'll tell him where he's going, who he's feuding with, who he's beaten. Obviously, that's my job. But in terms of getting his character over, I can't do what he does. Like Tony Khan's referred to Darby Allen as a genius. Surely, Sami Zayn's creative ambitions, his fastidious perfectionism, is making him look at AEW and thinking... I could do my masterpiece here or whatever. Absolutely. And not that it should be measured like this, but he should have won far more titles within WWE. He should, have been, time he should have been used for several more months. Years than he was. I still remember. I think it was a couple of years ago. It was before the dark times of that question. And I was like, you know what? I think they're doing that, that slow post-WrestleMania build for Money in the Bank, Mr. Sami Zayn. And then on, I think on the pay-per-view, Braun Strowman just him into a fence or something and they went well that's that done with yep <laughs> but yeah he's someone who would excel alongside or on his own uh when it comes alongside steen i mean in, in aew and now he's someone i hope i'm hopeful either the jump to aew is successful for him or the threat of him jumping to aew is a catalyst for some sort of change within wwe in terms of his character you love change Always eternally hopeful. <laughs> Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal 
personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Uh, Right, you mentioned there about WWE lifers a bit earlier on. And there was a name on this list that makes a lot of sense, but also might shock a few people. That's Charlotte Flair. Yes. Because, obviously, you've got her, I mean, seemingly destined to break her father's you know, record in terms of world title reigns. Uh, WWE's adoration and dedication towards her. You know, she's very rarely not been at the top of the card, whether she's been champion or not. You know, she was front and center. She was the the square peg in the round hole that was the WrestleMania 35 main event. And yet, her dad's not in WWE anymore. Her other half's not in WWE anymore. And she's someone who has got that winner's mindset and is very driven in what she does too. Wilborn, do you talk to your wife? Not if I can help it. Hey, come <laughs> on. Come on. Couples talk. Clearly, at some point... Now that is characters getting a little bit more over. Now that is performances have started to get better. One would think that Andrade, this is it in AEW now. He's going to work bangers. He's going to have a storyline with the Lucha Bros. He's going to bring in some mates from Mexico. That was teased a couple of weeks ago on Dynamite. After a rubbish start, Andrade is getting there. And if he continues to get there, he's going to go home and... Tell Charlotte all about how awesome this place is to work. That's one thing. Charlotte was also asked on like the pre-SummerSlam live podcast with Renee Paquette, who should most like to face that worked for a different company. The entire crowd just went DMD, DMD. And she couldn't say, oh, no, I never want to work here because you always want to keep your options open. You always want to keep your name in the news cycle. She's obviously going to say, yeah, of course I would one day. She said, the people have spoken. She's not going to say no, basically. So these two points that I've made, one, the fans have projected a jump to AEW on a behalf, and the other, oh, well, her husband works there. <laughs> like, Wilbon, would you want to work in the same place as your wife? Don't answer that. <laughs> Don't answer that. <laughs> but wrestlers, for some reason, want to. Yeah. Like, my wife would not want to work with me. Like, absolutely not. But wrestlers seem to really enjoy it. But again, it's such a... 36-year-old male take. Oh, a fella works there. Oh, mm. do you want Women love their fellas. Constantly want to nag and be around their fellas. But seriously. It's not just that, is it? No, it's not just that at all. I got one hint that, Christ, it's not just these two things that people have made up on a behalf. Like she was interviewed by TV Insider. And you'd think that Charlotte Flair, genuinely one of the few modern, from-scratch, WWE success stories, like, cultivated within the system. You'd think she wouldn't know any better. And she's got all these title runs, all this TV time, this constant quest to make Charlotte Flair a star. And you'd think she'd be fed-pilled into thinking that, oh, well, I've won all these titles, and I'm a big star, and I don't have any self-awareness because I'm in this bubble as much as anyone, the famous WWE bubble. And yet she told TV Insider... What a euphemism this is. 
yeah, I feel like I can appear to have a very cold temper on TV. <laughs> Clearly a euphemism for the script makes me look most of the time like an overbearing twat that a lot of people just think is a dick. And that kind of sucks. But I generally think, I, I want to go big on one of these entries because a massive shock jump is coming. Even bigger than Danielson, Cole, and Punk in terms of, oh, well, you know, Dynamite's great for a few years and Punk might rediscover his love. Danielson was always talking about how he wanted to work. Anyone except the people he worked alongside other than Grand Metalik. And uh, Adam Cole, you always thought, well, you know, he's made to the books and all the rest of it. And he's going out with Britt Baker. I want one big shock jump because I think getting a quintessential WWE star mm. who doesn't have any kind of historical close ties with anyone in AEW or never worked the indie scene to feel a nostalgia for. And as I said, AEW sort of is a billionaire indie. I just think it's going to happen at one day. And I think out of the lot, out of the Drews, the Ortons, and the uh, Romans, I think Charlotte Flair is the one who could potentially make the jump. And it would be seismic in terms of, and I love Ruby Soho, there's no slight on her. It would be a real moment in time that a female WWE superstar is moving to the AEW women's division, if that makes sense. Yes, and the fact that it really hasn't happened yet, because uh, Ruby Soho was released. Yes. No woman, like Ty Conte made the jump as well, no female WWE performer has made the conscious jump to think, oh, creative sucks here, I want to try a new thing, whatever. And more to the point, and this is the one drawback to this argument I'm making, is that there's never any rumours, is there? You always think, oh, Kevin Owens looks miserable, he's going to AEW. Adam Cole, his contract's expired, he's got to go to AEW because, you know, you'll get booked there better. Is that really the case for women? And I don't think it is necessarily. That's why you never see our Sasha Banks that had to wait a month to uh, get her in a storyline after missing SummerSlam. Oh, Christ, if they've got nothing for her, why won't she go to AEW? No one makes these dot mm. connections. Because that's half the time it is, just people connecting dots. Even if they've not read a report, they will just connect these dots and think, oh, that just makes sense, so we can make a new story out of this. It's so not viable for a woman to exchange all that TV time, regardless of how rotten the creative is. You get money and you get an exposure on WWE, which is, you get the money in AEW, but not necessarily the exposure. Mm. And you can just see her turning around now, having you've laid all that out. She could turn around to Vince and say, I don't need you <laughs> anymore. Uh, let's talk Ricochet, because he is another one I alluded to it earlier, who I thought, now he's on the blue brand. Now they might actually book him well. Since you don't hold out as much hope for him, uh, there's well, a no, because then the there's same a, the same guy books the red brand as well. Yeah, granted, but yeah, there's a brilliant why. sentence at the start of this entry for Ricochet, which puts all my theories, I suppose, to bed. Read it. Ricochet is simply too exciting for WWE. It is. It's true. They don't like a wrestler who goes that hard, that fast, who works in the same like blistering, ridiculous rhythm that the old Ricochet used to, there's a playbook. This is literally a canonized thing that Triple H has spoke of several times when he was asked about, like, when he used to be able, allowed to be signing indie guys. So I'll have to learn the playbook, and that's why they go to NXT, and then they go to the main roster with a six-month plan and all that bollocks he's watch, to come out with. Watch how Rollins talks about, you know, transitioning yeah. from being Tyler Black. He was 
this close to being gone yeah, from NXT. Absolutely. There's a playbook they have to learn. And unfortunately, in Ricochet's case, and in the case of several others, that playbook does not serve his strengths as a performer whatsoever. He sells, he sells, he sells, he sells, he sells. Under chin lock, under chin lock, under chin lock. And by the time he does his cool stuff, and it's a truncated moves of doom, if you like, where the stuff still looks ace, it's Ricochet, he's still in his physical prime. What a waste. What a waste. He's still in his physical prime. But it's like by the time he does it, you've already been bored by the chin locks. You already don't emotionally invest in Ricochet because you know he just does one thing, one week, vanishes for two months at a time on main event, has half a push on Raw, and then just does the same old main event stuff again. He's dead. He's absolutely dead. And he can't be happy. He's not a WWE guy. He was one of those guys that signed to NXT because it was a glorified indie, and it did, at that time, maximize and encourage the kind of style that Ricochet had. He's got to be thinking, yeah, I'm screwed, because he's tied to like 2024. Unless, as I've the point I've made in my uh, entry, the admin in WWE is as bad as the booking. So maybe no one read the fine print on his contract, and he could <laughs> be gone by next week. But, you know... Unless that's the case, and it's actually not that unlikely, he's tied till 2024, so it'll be a while if, in fact, it does happen. But or like Owens, didn't they, they renegotiate some contracts during the pandemic? Oh didn't they? yes, and people didn't know about that. Oh, he might be available. Um, he's just too exciting. He's awesome, Ricochet, and he's not that big. He's sculpted, but he's not that big. Like, well, what I'm going to do you? Talk about WCPW. I'm so glad because I was about to talk about it. <laughs> the Keith Lee match. Yeah. When he, like, gets Keith Lee up for things. It's ridiculous. I mean, I, the, the spot I instantly remember is him nearly hitting the roof in a, in a building in Manchester from Keith Lee beating him across the ring. But, yes, he he just he got the crowd up, not just by doing his, not to dismiss it, flippy bollocks, yes. which is just always sensation, obviously. But, yeah, gravity-defying feats of strength, some might say. Indeed, but you can't really do that. Like, he's ridiculously strong, and people don't know this, or WWE fans won't know this, because he isn't allowed. It's like, it's emulated sporting thrills in storylines. That's what pro wrestling is. And the whole idea is the promotions that should be wanting to promote stars and make them look good. Oh, I've got this guy, and he can do like a double rotation moonsault, and he can do, he can fly over the top turnbuckle from essentially the middle of the ring and do a flip. Or you can also lift up guys twice the size and drill them with moves. All right, sounds awesome. I know he has to sell and get your sympathy first, and it, it wouldn't be realistic if he um, lifted someone up who was twice the size. I mean, he can feed and get punched in the face and pop straight back up and get punched in the face and pop straight back up, because that's realistic. But he can't do anything cool. He has to do something like silly, unrealistic, but cool, not that realistic. Just do the. If nothing looks that realistically, strictly speaking, in wrestling, which scrutinize everything, look at it through the lens of a non fan, right? And they think everything looks silly. Apart from something like the UWFI. If you got. Oh, Anna Louise half likes it. If I got Francis. She really likes Ricochet. Yeah. 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 I mean, you can see why. It's very if clear I showed comparisons between the two of us. Francis has got this. She's a. PhD studying scientist, she's got this incredibly analytical, uh, botanic, like, brain. So whenever, like, you know those things in films, right? I'm going off on a tangent here, I don't care. Where, like, you're watching a film and a guy's sipping from a can of Coke and the editor 
is missed a frame and the can of Coke goes missing. And then the next time the camera cuts to the guy on the other side of the cafe table has the can of Coke. My wife will go, can of Coke went missing there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, are you a computer? <laughs> so if you do that, if she watched wrestling, she would go, why didn't he just stop himself on the ropes when he's taking the Irish whip? Why can't you just use one of his free hands to get out of that submission hold instead of like flailing about like a tit? Shut up, man. <laughs> you're, you're ruining wrestling for me. So if you've got that kind of person, right, would you rather do unrealistic cool stuff or unrealistic stupid stuff? Yeah, I mean... Basically, Ricochet's dead. And he was, the man. And he slapped a stealth like on a tweet burying the uh, Finn Balor-Roman Reigns finish. Hence, why he's in this list. Mm, and the, uh, the moment that they had that, why not me? And I was like, yeah, why not? Oh, that's why. Yeah. Against Brock Lesnar. Poor bastard. And then even he has flashes of brilliance, you know. Money I in the bank. I tweeted, I tweeted something a few months back when he was facing Morrison and he did that mad thing and he, he was sitting on the barricade and he, before they had crowds back, I believe. And, and then at Money in the Bank, he was awesome. Yeah, well. Money in the Bank. It's great. And then. Great. Where is funny. He? Like, he was really, he's not funny. In fact, that's half its problem. That's the thing. Like, I'm, I wouldn't necessarily advocate for Ricochet and AEW because, like, I like the fact that loads of these guys can tell stories and cut promos. In addition to doing great wrestling, like Ricochet, increasingly feels one-dimensional. When someone like when his work rate used to be the be-all and end-all because no one could envisage like great episodic wrestling TV coming back. I would think, yeah, put Ricochet the title on Ricochet. But the game has changed now. Mm. Um, you can go to. Uh, no, you can go to you get over in two seconds. Yeah, exactly. So you go to AEW. It'd be sensational. There's a, a whole host of other names here that you're probably thinking of in terms of wasters WWE talent. But let's talk finally, Sige, about a man who was just in a world title match at Extreme Rules, and unfortunately, there was some malfunction with the ring. But you personify this again, talking about WWE and the the way they treat certain personnel and how Finn Balor would be just completely far more in his element in AEW. Christ almighty, man. Like, I don't want to relive the discourse in the aftermath of uh, Extreme Rules. I don't literally remember what it was called because it wasn't even Extreme Rules. (laughs) Ah, the protected ricochet there. Uh, Finn Balor there, good job. Good job. Happy about that. So you're happy to make, you're happy for the stars that you like to watch on telly look like absolute jabronis. Tits. You think Brock Lesnar's ever doing that? Do you think Triple H, Goldberg, Roman Reigns, John Cena's ever having a ring malfunction? So they're not protecting him. Protecting means we think we're going to make loads of money from the star that we really like. We're going to protect him in the finish of the match that he's not going to win so that we can continue in the next weeks months or years to make money from this guy who we see as a real investment of our time. They wouldn't make him look like an arsehole like they did with Finn Balor here. And more to the point, it's not as if they have this strict clean wins or definitive wins policy where all of this matters. They don't. They it's they technically protect, air quotes on an audio podcast, they technically protect everyone. They don't like anyone losing definitively. So many distractions... So many just count out, getting disqualified for kicking too much ass. Like, in a way, they try and protect everyone. That's been the fucking, fucking problem for years. <laughs> Understand me? You get it? <sighs> right. They made him look like an arsehole. The demon 
the one thing he had left. You know what a really clever idea it was. I, I keep telling him, one of my favorite low-key things in wrestling is, yeah, I've got superpowers, so try and book this. Try and book this guy to lose, yeah? I've got, I'm a demon. I'm a killer clown. I'm a mortal. I'm spooky. You can't beat me, can you? Vince is like, well, I beat everyone, pal. <laughs> you. It's one thing that he's always had as this theoretical action figure selling guy who Vince would get. He's going to get the demon more than Finn Balor. So he had this really cool, clever idea, and no clever idea is too good for WWE being so dumb to ruin. <laughs> and they've ruined him, made him look like a tit, look, made him look like Finn Balor with one N because he looked like a fish. Okay? And the demon, dead. Smiling Finn Balor, dead. Smiling Finn Balor has already done the, oh Christ, I can get a Hail Mary, I forgot NXT for a year thing. Like, which loads of people tried to get through, by the way. He's already done that, and he can't do it again, because 2.0 has ruined everything. It saved my life, well, it saved my Wednesday mornings, mm. but it's ruined everything for WWE stars and fans who want to do something cool, because they ain't cool anymore. He's got no options left. Mates with Pac, trying to tie it to the brief. I'm trying to make it halfway. Something more than, oh yeah, I mean, everyone wants to leave, so let's do 100. <laughs> <laughs> and, speaking to Cultaholic, Finn Balor said that he's in love with the Forbidden Door idea. And it's just like, come on, like, they all know. There's going to be a few who are pure fed-pilled, like your Ortons, your Romans, not your Drews, but like, all, like, they all know it sucks. So many of them come out and say, oh yeah, it kind of sucks this. Like Roman Reigns was watching the performance center shows. He was like, that's rubbish. Like, they know it's not good. They all want to go to AEW. WWE's going to die in five years. I'm sorry, Shade Poloni. That's just the truth. And I think Finn is a, is a prime candidate for for excelling in, in AEW as well. Oh yeah, I mean, Christ. We were watching NXT and it's darkest, dullest, drabest, and most depressing. And the one thing, and I wasn't that high on it outside of the Pete Dunne match, which just ruled. But everyone was like, Jesus Christ, thank Christ for Finn Balor. Even the people who really enjoy taking the piss out of NXT. And I'm one of them. Mm -hmm. But like every like prominent capital W, capital T wrestling Twitter account, he was like, ah, it's so fun burying this. It's so fun burying WWE. Because there is an element where the worst WWE gets the more it supports what people have been saying about WWE. So there is a tendency for people to, I don't want to say embellish, but just enjoy burying WWE because it feels like they, it validates their takes, their analysis, their insights. Even those people, maybe I'm one of them. Even those people were like, oh, Finn rules. Like, Finn rules in NXT. And he's class. Like, it's, it's work against Pete Dunne. Like, what an intricate limb-selling match that was. Unbelievable. The Prince stuff I found lame in NXT. Remember when he was a cat? Seriously, can you remember? I've just remembered that. He was a cat, yeah. Yeah. He was literally, a, he kept saying it. I was literally a cat. So that sucked. It was an attempt to be New Japan Finnegan, Fergal, Prince, whatever. If he can rediscover half of the swagger. Captain fucking New Japan. <laughs> if he can remember half of that in AEW, he's made. Yeah, you'd be a really, really excited. Captain fucking 
fucking New Japan. And just think about, I mean, we haven't got time right now, but think about the dream matches he could have over there, uh, running, running with the people they've got now and potentially even more new additions that could come their way. But uh, we could talk about this entire list. But if you want to find out more about some of these entries that Sid just written, you can read it right now, whatculture.com, 10 WWE wrestlers already dreaming of AEW. Let us know your thoughts on everything we have discussed and your suggestions as well on Twitter at whatculturewwe. Well, actually, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M. Sidgwick. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at whatculturewwe. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcast if you like AEW, our aew dynamite review is out right now but for now this has been another top 10 debate my thanks to this article's author michael sidgwick thank you for joining us and we will see you soon join us today during the jeep celebration event right now get 20 percent below msrp for an average of 15,178 under msrp on the purchase of a 2023 jeep grand cherokee overland 4xe or summit 4xe not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.